Good morning. It is Thursday, February 3rd, 2022, and this is DC Signal to Noise. Since we last checked in, no, there's no way I'm doing that because it has been <laughs> way too long and way too many things have happened to start that list. Thanks to Davis Michelson for sitting in a couple of times, and there are a couple of times that it didn't work for anybody, but we are here and we are ready to go this morning. One thing that I do want to mention is the rally. Uh, since the last time that we've talked, uh, it, it, the March corn, uh, soybeans have rallied sharply. Wheat has rallied too, but it's given a chunk of it back. Cotton is at contract highs. Live cattle, lean hogs, contract highs. Farmers are are <laughs> farmers that I'm talking with say that the market is the biggest opportunity that they've got at this time, but it's also one of the biggest challenges that they face right now. I'm AgriTalk host Chip Flory, and that is Pro Farmer Policy Analyst Jim Wiesmeyer. Good morning, Jim. Good morning. And I talked to more than a few, you know, signal to noise uh, listeners and watchers, and they miss it when we don't have it. We try yep. to get it on each week. When we can't, uh, we'll try during the other days of the week, but I'm free Monday. I've been on a speaking circuit, so we're trying to, we're going to try to get back to regular schedule Monday. Perfect. Perfect. I'm going to be around on Monday as well. The following Monday, I won't be, but but uh, I am around on Monday, so I'm looking forward to that conversation. Sure. Got a little bit of breaking news this morning. The U.S. troops have, uh, as the White House has described, uh, removed the leader of ISIS from the battlefield, Jim. Yes. Uh, took him out. Yes, White House uh, via a statement from Biden announced that. Uh, now, there were some other casualties. No U.S. troops were, were, were killed, but there were some other casualties there. Uh, but uh, if, uh, if correct, you know, you, you, you know, that's a key development because of the uh, uh, ISIS faction. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. Uh, let, let's stay on conflicts, potential conflicts and so on, and talk a little bit about uh, Russia and Ukraine. The Olympics uh, technically have already started. Uh, curling, curling's already started, Jim. Yeah. Uh, I know that's got you excited. Well, um, the time differentials too. Right. Yeah. Right. But the Olympics have started and, and it, it's certainly widely thought that Russian President Putin won't do anything to uh, rain on on Chinese President Xi's parade during the Olympics. Yeah, well, he did it one time, but uh, yeah. he's 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 physically in Beijing. Yeah. So so that would be quite unusual. Not only was the signing ceremony, the opening ceremony today, China time Friday, uh, but also his first uh, uh, leader to leader uh, uh, meeting on site in quite a long time since March of 2020. Jeff. Uh, that's yeah. significant because the two will brief themselves on their skullduggery versus the Western U.S. and Western allies relative to the uh, Ukraine situation. Yeah. Uh, we've been talking about this for a while already, Jim. Yeah. Uh, but what do you think has, has the situation changed or the, the scales 
tipping one way or the other on what Russia is going to do? Well, part of the downturn in wheat, I think, mm -hmm. uh, has been the market now uh, assumes uh, they can you know, quickly change, as you well know. They assume there will be no major conflict. Uh, so at least that's their consensus. And Putin has backed off somewhat from his... Uh, Com, you know, commentary. I, I, yeah. So I know from the U.S. side, they're trying to give him a way out of his invasion talk. So uh, that's as we speak. But boy, this this can change so quickly, Chip. Yeah, when uh, when the the network news started reporting that uh, Russia was moving blood supplies, yes, to the border, that was kind of a of a, a final nod that yeah something's going to happen here and something's going to happen soon it'll be reflected very quickly in the uh in the wheat market as you said if if something does happen another thing that's been going on for a while is the freedom convoy up in canada and and the vaccine requirements crossing the border jim give us the latest i'll tell you what you you've seen i reported i reported on profarmer.com you know you know this morning you can see a major shift in position by a number of countries, Chip, relative to uh, uh, wearing masks, uh, vaccine requirements, yep. testing, etc. And, and that's the case in Canada as well. And you've got these truckers from both countries, Canada and the U.S., more than upset. And, Can and Canada has had several uh, uh, yeah, um, uh, demonstrations and a blockade is being yeah. planned. So you can just feel it. Uh, you know, you know, the tide is changing relative to this whole issue. Well, the, the, the tide may be changing on the, the requirements, the vaccine requirements to cross the border and on some of the, the other requirements like mask requirements in, in some of the countries and so on. But, uh, I don't, it it doesn't feel like the American population, the U.S. population, is at all satisfied with the with how issues have been handled surrounding the pandemic. Uh, that's an understatement. I'll tell you, I, we both get out amongst them, and and I've had. I don't know how many speeches the last two weeks. I have three next week. And again, uh, just the veracity of yeah. the comments that people are just absolutely exhausted about wearing the mask, you know, uh, and, and in the school system, their, their kids, uh, some of the kids are starting to revolt themselves. Yeah. Uh, and, and so this, this is a building thing. And, and I, I think we have reached a point where, uh, the world is going to have to adjust to this thing, especially when you look at the numbers of people if, who have already uh, 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 had uh, COVID-19. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, it, it, uh, you, you can agree with how the, the, the handling of the pandemic is, is going. Uh, we can, you can argue about that all you want. It's tough to argue the impact that it's had on the supply chain, and it's ongoing, Jim. It, 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 they can say that things are getting cleaned up as much as they, they want to say it, but it's not. It, no. Things are still slow as heck. 
Uh, absolutely. And it's going to last at least probably through the end of this year into early 2023. That yeah. seems to be the consensus of the experts now uh, on this one. And you can see it throughout the U.S. and the world. And and it's tied into the inflation. There's a lot of linkages here. And again, uh, when I give my speeches, uh, I, uh, I can easily tell in farm country in the rural side, inflation they, they, they has definitely impacted the rural sector chip a, a lot higher than yeah. most areas of the U.S. And, and farmers and, and the ag sector keep asking me, where do they come up with this 6% inflation? It's much higher, much higher. Yeah, yeah and, and it's uh, that inflation that we're facing on the input sides of things is going to have a major impact on us uh, going forward. Um, there's just, there's so many angles that we can come at the supply chain issues and and how it, it is impacting us but and livestock is part of that because of the disruption to the labor force at the processing plants but it feels like we're getting past that and and we're starting to to get some solid evidence that a hog numbers aren't what usda told us they were going to be in the in the hogs and pigs report yes. and b cattle numbers are going to tighten up fairly quickly once we get past a little bit of a uh, of a surge in marketings uh this late winter early spring cattle numbers are really going to tighten up on us so the the livestock markets are showing us that a processing is going okay and and B, it looks like numbers are going to be a little tighter out there. Yes, what else I've, been telling, I've been telling Brian Grady, editor you know, of the, the Pro Farmer, that in my trips to farm country, and I'm going to the Missouri Pork Producers meeting next uh, t Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, that the numbers aren't there. Wherever I go in hog country, they're telling me the barns are very uh, low in capacity, Chip. And this has been yep. going on for quite a while. And so I just said, as a farmer market watcher, I, I think one of the biggest bull markets this year is going to be in hogs. Yeah, it could be. Uh, disease issues, too, are worse Earth. than what has been advertised. Yes. Yeah. And it's not just PERS. There's a pneumonia out there that, yep. that's having that's creating issues that it hasn't uh, that we haven't had to deal with before. Um, yes. uh, uh, okay, let's get to something that's going on this week. And we've been talking about it quite a bit on AgriTalk this week. Had Senator Deb Fisher from Nebraska on the show on uh, on Tuesday, I guess it was. And uh, uh, we've got Senator Grassley on the show this morning talking about the cattle market price discovery transparency act and NCBA yesterday at their convention down in Houston, Texas uh, voted to not support the, the mandated negotiated cash trade portion of the bill. No surprise, but they, they followed through with what their bylaws say. Really, Jim. Yes, and previously uh, the Farm Bureau came out yep. against uh, you know um, similar provisions, and I I'm just saying it would it would really surprise me. I mean, this this town has surprised me, but I, I think that really lowers the odds that they're going to have uh, the votes to get this out of Congress. Uh, I don't know about okay. the committee, but I, I just think when you when you have the biggest farm organization and the biggest cattle organization uh, against uh, key features 
of this bill, unless it's modified significantly and watered down, it's, it is not going to go, despite the fervent push by the two senators you mentioned. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I know that Senator Grassley is fired up about it. And the, the conversation... I've already had the conversation with Senator Grassley, okay? And it's going to air it's going to air on this morning's show. Um he's very fired up about it. He is not happy uh, about NCBA. He I think he understands why NCBA isn't going to support it. Um uh, I think the reason that NCBA can't support the the mandate on cash trade is part of the reason that that he feels there could be support to a get it out of the committee and b maybe even get it through Congress, Jim. Yeah. Um, but the, I, I, the, the analysis, Texas A&M, what, Wednesday? Yeah. I think Tuesday or Wednesday of this week issued another report on the impacts of this. And I think it's giving fodder for those at least saying, you know, watch out. There are some unintended consequences here. And even Secretary Vilsack at USDA has, has noted some caution about this. Yeah. Um, one of the pieces in that study that was released from Texas A&M that, that I know the people that are in favor of, of mandating negotiated cash trade are pointing at, they, they basically, the study says, listen, if things continue the way they're going by the year, I think it's 2026, there may not be any negotiated cash trade in Texas. Hmm. Zero. Yes. Uh, no, I don't think anyone is saying there shouldn't be some reform. It's it's the differences of what the reform should be, and it sounds right. like like a dairy you know policy. Yeah, problem. it I does. Mean, everybody knows it should be reformed, but there are so many uh, uh, loose ends on it that it never gets done. Jim, the the connection to dairy policy and and milk pricing to me was made when it was negotiated that they would start to, that they would look at, at mandating cash trade at different percentages on a regional basis. So, you know, we've got the regional differences in the milk market or oh, milk yeah. marketing order. Um, if we're going to start looking at regional differences on how much cash cattle trade has to happen in, in these different areas, uh, yeah, we may end up with about two or three people understanding exactly how this works. Yes. And, and whenever we get a new farm bill, I think the current one's going to be extended. But the but the debate has started, Chip. But, you know, in dairy policy, uh, we won't have uh, two lawmakers uh, pushing uh, the, you know, dairy policy. Uh, Patrick Leahy in the Senate uh, will not be there next year. And Colin Peterson. I mean, so I think that's going to lead to wide open debate. That's not necessarily a bad thing. And right. but they're going to knock down and drag out uh, if there are going to be significant changes. And that will probably follow through on the cattle side. So right. I'm not saying this issue is dead on the cattle side. It just needs still more time and an open discussion at the staffs and, and committee levels uh, in Congress. So there's time. Okay. All right. Um, you mentioned it. The next farm bill For, had the first farm bill hearing yesterday, Jim, what, what happened? 
Well, I keyed off on the the clear political differences uh, in the committees uh, uh, on this one. Uh, and so, and that speaks that there's no consensus, uh, Chip. And yeah. and and the Republicans in the House Ag Committee know relatively high odds that they're going to take control of mm-hmm. the committee uh, in the next Congress in 2023. But that doesn't mean they don't want to air out some uh, some issues. But they're kind of they they move the uh, the topic to really the administration and the Democrats push for for climate provisions and and things like that. So it didn't stay on the issue as dramatically or as significantly as the Democrats wanted. It just shows you that uh, there's not even bipartisanship in, in the ag committees where there used to be all the time. Yeah. What what's the 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 first hearing was on conservation issues, right? Like conservation yeah. reserve program, and, and that tells you just you know conservation programs, and and that tells you the focus there. And, and I think that is a signal ahead that we will eventually, I think, get a, a climate funding bill uh, out of this Congress, uh, four hundred billion or so. And key in that is the ag sector on the conservation program, twenty billion plus. And money to implement those provisions. So that's that could be a revenue stream. There's no doubt about it. The next hearing chip is yeah. on the 8th of February, and that's going to be on general farm programs. And hopefully they'll air out what has worked, what has not worked, and, and needed, you know, need change, especially relative to the safety net. I mean, with inflation, high input costs, there should be a discussion on uh, what can we do to adjust the safety net, whether that's reference prices, et cetera. So, uh, you know, this is the time to discuss it. Okay. Um, some of the, some of those dollars that you were talking about being spent, uh, Senator Manchin has said that the build back better plan is dead as a doornail. I don't believe it. I think they're going to bring it back piece by piece. Well, he, he did say the BBB now, but he goes, uh, relabel it. Okay. Yeah. It's got to have another label, but as it was, it's dead. And I think he's correct there. Okay. But yeah, I, I think you are correct that in provisions of that, especially as I said, the portions of the Green New Deal and, you know, depending uh, which provisions eventually are finalized in that chip, that there could be some, some effective, uh, good, solid developments for the ag sector in that. If it goes, goes into realistic production practices, uh, support for renewable diesel in there because wherever I go, farmers ask me, hey, they've seen the expansion in the capacity and uh, they they wanted to know who's putting out, uh, other than USDA Secretary Vilsack, the robust viewpoint for the years ahead for the use of uh, soybean oil, vegetable oil, palm oil in the use of uh, sustainable aviation fuel. And I said, it, Vilsack is getting that from the Energy Information Administration, EIA. And they're not usually, uh, you know, uh, aggressive in their approach, in their forecast. And I know there was a study, a private study done saying some of these estimates are too robust. However, I'm getting pushback from some in the industry on that ship because they're telling me if this carbon mitigation program uh, goes within the United States, the airlines are going to want to pounce on and buy 
uh, uh, re, uh, sustainable uh, aviation fuel. There will be an incentive for them to do so, but th they'll get an offset on on their you know carbon mitigation programs. Uh, so I think this is such a real issue that you saw EPA has already uh, asked for public comment relative to the renewable fuel standard, the food versus fuel argument. Yep. So don't drop this case. I think it could be a potential mega change in the years ahead that would affect the number of soybean acres grown in this great country. Yeah. Yeah. Can you believe, you know, governments around the world enacting laws and requirements that actually can't be, you know, met because of we don't have enough of the sustainable aviation fuel at this point. But the, the bottom line on the airlines is they're going to chase the dollars and, and they're not going to give up on a European market that they won't be able to fly into within three or four years if they aren't using sustainable aviation fuel. That, that's the bottom line. Yes, this has similar elements. I say this in my speeches, Chip, and I see a lot of farmers' heads going up and down to agree. This has similar elements to the beginning years of the corn-based ethanol yeah. program. And you yeah. can just see it. Incentives from the government, a need for, for other improvements in the in the fuel. Uh, so so I, I think this is going to go. I think this will continue. It's just not a one-shot aberration. Right. And the, the big difference here, the big difference here is that the, the government incentives for things like sustainable aviation fuel, for things like the, the biofuels used in, um, uh, for shipping, for, for vessels, uh, is following consumer demands. It's not in front of the consumer and mandating, you're going to use this. Yeah. It's the consumer saying, we, we want to see some laws in, and, and some regulations put in place to in, incentivize use of the sustainable fuels. Yes. And, it, and the infrastructure difference. Is, yes. And the infrastructure is either in place or getting in place. And again, farmers are telling me, why would why would companies be spending 250 to 300 million dollars to expand capacity? They're yeah. not that dumb. So they yeah. they they see a big market ahead. And, and I agree with this. So yeah. I, I think we'll be discussing this for years here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, just a, uh, a shameless plug here on this one. I'm going to be hosting a panel discussion at top producer summit in nashville uh it starts on the 14th of february runs through the 16th but i'm going to be hosting moderating a panel with uh peter meyer from s p global platts dan bossy from ag resource company and steve nicholson from rabobank uh and this is going to be the the topic of conversation is is the renewable diesel market sustainable aviation fuel uh, maritime fuel. It, it's it's uh, it's going to be an interesting conversation. I don't think there's any question about it. Uh, the Iowa House just yesterday passed a bill that will push the blend rate, Jim, from ten percent to fifteen percent across the state. Uh, ethanol or unleaded eighty eight is uh, what it's probably going to say when it gets onto the pumps. The Senate, how the Iowa Senate still has to pass it, but I think it's probably going to happen there. And just very recently, very recently, a group of 12 senators sent a letter to EPA Administrator Reagan and basically said, 
quit messing with the RFS. Get it done. 15 billion gallons is 15 billion gallons, period. And and now we have Secretary Vilsack uh, on the record with Agritalk and, and yep. others saying that will be a solid number. And yep. they're not going to approve uh, many, if any, uh, you know, waivers on that. So uh, Vilsack doesn't go out on the line all that much as no. far as being aggressive. So, you know, we, uh, you know, we're going to see that. I do want to point up another question I get wherever I speak relative to the ethanol program and electric vehicles. And I tell them, yes, I think within a decade, we're going to be there uh, in what really makes a difference in electric vehicles. But for now, you can't go to A to point B without infrastructure. And my county here, Loudoun County, Virginia, even if I wanted to buy an electric vehicle, I couldn't in my county because they tell me the electric grid is not uh, up to par. It's that Plus, so you don't have your infrastructure, but it's being worked on. And then the second is the charging stations. And Biden wants 550,000 charging stations, but you can't snap your finger and get those charging stations. So uh, th there will be a very viable role for carbon-based ethanol for minimum 10 years. And oh. that's what Congress is going to have to discuss changing the RFS because the full authorization for it expires at the end of 2022. That doesn't mean the program goes away. EPA uh, can and will announce something, but they're going to have to change the terms of it. I think technology is going to have to change on the battery side. Just it, it's going to have to, they're going to have to start from scratch on the battery side because the the US definitely doesn't have the stomach to start opening all the mines to get the metals that are needed for all, for for all these batteries Jim it's not going to we're not going to open the mines in the US and I don't know if they're going to open them around the world well here's one uh that just gets uh you know listeners to my speech is uh, upset when I tell them this but it's true Afghanistan. Biden's problems began with the uh, accelerated, I should say, uh, with his pell-mell dash out of Afghanistan. Yeah. But after we withdrew, Chip, which country immediately went in there? It was China. And they're already starting to develop the critical minerals that Afghanistan has. Uh, lithium, cadmium, yep. nickel, Etc. Yep. We should have stayed over there just to to mine that chip in in, in reimbursement for all those uh, dollars and blood. America. Just blood. because we don't want to do it here doesn't mean we should do it there. Yeah, that's that's right. And we I mean, should have. And we should have. You know. Yeah. Uh, but technology, I have great faith in technology. Mercedes, oh, I do too. Mercedes I do too. But Benz announced uh, what two weeks ago that they had. Uh, not just a prototype, uh, a, a real thing of a battery uh, with uh, 600 miles. Uh, uh, so, I mean, that's it a weighs a ton. Yes. yes. The battery weighs a ton. <laughs> we'll float on air. Uh, but but the, 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 you give uh, people like Elon Musk a target to reach, they'll reach it. Uh, yeah. It may not be overnight, yeah. but they'll reach it. Kirby's got a question in here on the comment side of things, Jim. Have you seen any airline investment in expanded advanced biocapacity? 
Yes, uh, both United and Delta, but United has been the leader, United Airlines yep. on this one with uh, test, uh, you know, you, you know, testing locations and yep. and Delta is, is doing it as well. They, they, they sense this on it. And, and on the technology beat, uh, I have I had a number of farmers I was in. Uh, Washington Courthouse, Ohio, yesterday got out just in time from the weather. <laughs> but a number of farmers uh, told me there and elsewhere, uh, you know, this week to, to watch the tech rapidly changing technology under, uh, I forget the term, biopivots, you know. Uh, I don't know whether you've had that on AgriTalk, that, no. that will play into this carbon mitigation that can uh, obtain nitrogen from the air, Chip. So I'm going to be doing some research on that. But these are the very good farmers that, that as you well know, are our grassroots that, that yeah. tell us some coming things that they're not only investing in, but getting on right. their farm. So there are some innovative companies out there. Okay. All right. We'll have to watch for that. Um, jobs data this week. The, the, the early indicator on this, the, the uh, ADP numbers are not good. No. And the White House, what was it, Friday, for last <laughs> Friday, even pre caution, like this is not going to be a good report <laughs> yeah. because this was at the key times of the Omicron virus. So uh, the, the, for them to even come out and prepare for a bad report, uh, it, it should be a somber one. Right. Freddie's got a question here. Do you see corn prices staying up for the next 10 years because of ethanol? That's for you, Jill. Yeah, it, it staying up where we're at right now. No, 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 no. Uh, I just don't see that happening. We're we're going to find ways to eventually produce more corn than what we're going to use, and we'll add to carry over. And as soon as we start to add to carry over in a significant way, substantial way, uh, obviously that's going to weigh on the market going forward. And We'll, we'll get to a we'll get to a year eventually when South America is not going to have a drought. We've gone back to back years now with, with the drought in South America. The the safrina corn crop is being planted right now. Probably a third of it, maybe forty percent of that safrina corn crop has been planted. It's not ideal conditions, but it is going in the ground, and uh, they can start to get some rains yet. And and if those rains happen, six six dollar plus. Corn is going to, I, I think, is going to feel kind of expensive. So. But Chip, don't you think that we're going into a possible higher trading range for corn in the years ahead or, or not? Man, back in 1995, I said that corn has gone to a new and higher trading plateau. <laughs> and it, it, was, uh, it, it was 1990, coming off of the 1997 crop, I believe, uh, into 1998. We were back under two bucks a bushel. Um, Here, here's no, why I think. I won't say we, it. Here's why I think we could be, uh, and it's China. Uh, we may have, uh, you know, more than a few kerfuffles with them, but China is not going to be a one or two year big buyer of world corn. That's not going to change. So that'll suck up a lot of corn even outside of this country. So I think that we have a little higher, I don't know how much, yeah. have, at least base to, uh, you know, go down to. Yeah. You know, we, we've both already stated on this, uh, this podcast that we believe in technology. Uh, China's starting to believe in technology too, when it comes to some of the 
genetic modifications and what it can do for so for for corn yields and they're going to be putting them in 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 the field in the years ahead and and instead of ha instead of growing 100 bushel corn what if they start growing 200 bushel corn yeah true yeah it's going to be uh there point, point counterpoint that's what we need there it is right there there it is right there what else are you watching this week very quickly jim Oh, well, the jobs report, yeah. uh, we have, well, the weather, the, 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 uh, Russia, you know, situation, uh, we always have to watch China. So I'm going to listen to G and Putin's comments as they, uh, you know, put out there. I don't think, uh, China is going to deal with Taiwan, uh, if they do until the end of the year, because he's got an important, uh, party meeting this summer of which he'll go for yeah. at least another five year term in town here. We're waiting for, uh, coming up the rules and regulations for the new whip plus program that Bill Vilsack told us on AgriTalk would be out in April and May, but we're trying to get the uh, keys on that be, uh, 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 yeah. uh, ahead of time. But, but those are the, are the biggies right now, but this, this weather we're going through right now, yeah. it's clearly winter now. Yes. Yes. It is cold here as well. I'm going to be watching curling. I don't know about the rest of you, but I'm going to be watching curling. Have a great week, everybody. Keep watching for those signals. Thank you.